Welcome to Strange Talk. Welcome, strangers, to another This Week in Crime. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have Monday's episode ready because of the fact that Audacity just decided to take a fucking shit on me and just decided, nope, I don't want to work with you and just act like a fucking moody teenager and decided to corrupt the audio files that I had placed into um, when I was editing. So because of that, I wasn't able to actually put out the episode I did with the lovely ladies at Kills and Chills, which fucking sucks. <laughs> but um, I'm going to try to see if um, I have a I have an external hard drive, so I'm hoping that that um, the audio files that I usually store on there are okay to go, and I can, you know, get on that and try to do that. But the other thing that's hard is because I don't have, I didn't make a backup copy of my audio, so <laughs> I don't know how how I'm gonna go about doing that. So if anything, I'm probably just gonna put out what Kills and Chills did. Um, I'm just going to talk to them and see what they say, and, and then hopefully I get that episode out, which really fucking sucks because I want to... I, I mean, I don't think it was like the greatest episode fucking ever, but it was just cool to just do something new with another podcast that I enjoy, and I know you guys would enjoy. So, other than that, that's really it of that heartache and that fucking big sad shit that happened. But other than that, um, the week is almost almost up. We're already halfway in there. We just started March, so that's pretty awesome, I guess. I'm trying to be very optimistic, I guess. But yeah, um, March is already on its way. We're, I mean, on its way. We're already in March, but it's crazy how time is just going by fast already. It's March and whatnot and what have you. But things going on, I guess news-wise a lot of people i haven't actually really been hearing people talk about it um maybe because hbo is so fucking damn expensive i am debating if i really do want it because i don't i i guess i'm a fucking millennial well technically i am a millennial but i guess i'm just one of those new age dudes that's so steeped in technology that i use hulu as my main source of live television because i subscribe to hulu live tv but I also usually add on my premium channels. I added on Showtime because I love the fucking show Kidding. And oh my god, that show is really fucking good. So if you're a fan of Jim Carrey and you're a fan of Michelle Gondry, um, who directed movies, two of my favorite films, um, which is, uh, what's it called? The Science of Sleep and um, Eternal Sun- Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Those are one of my two favorite films of all time. They're in my top like five top 10 but you know they're the top five of of my movie list and so michelle gondry is the creator and director of most of the episodes not all but most of them of uh kidding which is a show that stars uh, jim carrey i think i've talked about it before in a previous episode so i'm not gonna dive too deep into it but yes i subscribe to showtime through hulu and i also subscribe to stars um through hulu and i'm debating whether i want to add on um hbo to my hulu subscription but hbo is just so damn expensive just by itself because i mean it's only five dollars more because for showtime and stars they're both 10 bucks um on top of what you already pay so the base subscription fee 
for Hulu with live TV is 40 bucks a month. And with the two add-ons that I have, which is Stars and um, uh, Showtime, they come out to being 10 bucks each. But because I bundle with the live TV, I get like a super discount or something like that. So I'm debating whether I want to. And the reason why I'm debating whether I want to get HBO and add it on is because of the fact that, like I said, I haven't really seen a lot of people talking about it. So maybe it is because HBO is so damn expensive. But a documentary recently came out just like the one that came out. What was it about R. Kelly surviving R. Kelly? Another one came out called, I think, Returning to Neverland Ranch or Leaving Neverland Ranch. And it's basically has all the victims of... um, Michael Jackson, okay, it, it, and it's a documentary about the victims of of the, I guess, the sexual assaults and molestation that occurred in Neverland Ranch, and it's giving their account of what happened. So I haven't really seen a lot of people talk about it, which is, maybe it hasn't come out yet. I don't know because I've hear I, there's a podcast that I listen to. They're actually a radio show called Kevin and Bean. It's a local LA radio show on K Rock, and they talked about it a lot and they had like people come out. And so this is my question that I'm posing to you guys. Knowing that, knowing that all this stuff is coming out about Michael Jackson, especially with the um, documentary that I guess HBO has produced, produced and it's either out or it's coming out. So maybe that's why I haven't really been hearing a lot of people talk about it, but I was wondering, what do you guys think? Because, okay, obviously Michael Jackson's dead, so he can't really defend himself. Does that matter, though? No, probably not. But what I'm asking you guys is, for the people that do enjoy his music, because I was a fan of Michael Jackson when I was younger and growing up. I enjoyed his music. And I, like, obviously, Billie Jean, Rock With You, um, what's the thriller, Beat It, um... Just another part of me. Those are all songs that I still enjoy to this day. The Wall, I think it's called Off the Wall. That whole record, it was actually really good. So my question I'm posing to you guys are: is that are you able to separate the artist from the allegations and, and the crimes that he's accused of? Are you able to still enjoy his music despite knowing that he was a fucking diddler? <laughs> like, so that's my question. So, you know... Reach out to me on Instagram at Strange Talk Podcast and let me know what you guys think. Do you, are you guys able to separate yourself knowing that the despicable, horrible things he committed and the atrocities and the fact that he broke up families? Because this is all stuff that they went into depth on that um, podcast or radio show, uh, Kevin and Bean Morning Show. And they talked about the stuff that they didn't go into depth about what he particularly did, but they did say that it is very graphic and one of the explanations that I guess the documentary goes into as why they decided to not leave anything out is because if you leave something out, like say, for instance, one of the examples they gave, which was a good example, was like, if a girl comes up to you and says that she was sexually assaulted, I hate to say it, but most of us will kind of brush it off because in this day and age, because the the word sexual assault gets thrown around so much, which you should always take serious, no matter what, you should always take serious. But because it gets thrown around so much, people tend to not, like, it's so vague when you say sexually assault, because there, there's a lot of people who do say that they were sexually assaulted, when in reality, they probably weren't. It's just because they were offended or something 
of that nature. I'm not going to go too much into that because I don't want to offend anybody. But the fact is, is that it's very it's taken very lightly now. And they said that because sexual assault is such a vague term now, because sexual assault can mean anything. And you usually tend to not think the worst of people because we're very trusting species. Although I'm not. I'm a very cynical person, to be completely honest with you. I don't trust motherfuckers. But because of that, um, they said they didn't want to leave anything out. So they go into really graphic detail, I guess, of what happened. Because like I said, I haven't seen it yet. I'm debating whether I want to get the HBO add-on. Because I do want to get it for the, I believe the documentary is called Returning to Neverland or Leaving Neverland. But I, I guess that's what it's called. I also want to get it for that. And because I also want to get it for the upcoming um Watchmen adaptation that HBO is going to be producing and I'm a huge fucking fan of Watchmen but I digress on that so I'm wondering that's my question to you guys for this for this week um are you guys able to separate the artist from the crimes um should we boycott Michael Jackson and all his music because some people are like well because the one of the because they had a phone topic of that subject saying like are you able to and some people were, were saying like no, you should boycott him. Like most of them were actually like, no, boycott him. Like I loved his music, but the fact that this documentary came out. And also another question I kind of pose is like, it's all alleged, right? Because like I said, I haven't seen the documentary. So I don't know if like a judge said, yeah, he's guilty of it. It's all alleged at this point, if I'm not mistaken. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying that Michael Jackson didn't do what he did. I'm not saying that at all. He probably most likely did. I wouldn't doubt it because there's even rumors that his dad fucking molested him. His dad was a fucking horrible tiger parent. I guess that term is like tiger mom and stuff like that. So I can't imagine that, you know, something of that sort didn't happen. I'm pretty sure he did because, I mean, he, he he never had his childhood. He never did. And I'm not trying to, like, sympathize for him or anything of that nature. But it is very true that, you know... He did do those things. So is it alleged? Did it really happen? We don't know. So should we should we like have a mob mentality when it comes to that? We'll see. So that's my question. So again, hit me up on Strange Talk Podcast on Instagram and let me know your opinion on the matter. Having said that, I guess I chit-chat enough. Let's get into the actual meat of this episode, which is This Week in Crime. And This Week in Crime is where I bring you Fucked up news or weird, strange, funny, interesting articles that I find from around the world or good old America. And that is This Week in Crime. So let's get into the first article. The first article is... Police say a man wearing a gorilla suit broke into a Louisiana home and hid under a mattress before officers arrested him. News outlets quote, Sulphur Police Department spokesman Mel S., in Thursday reports as saying that officers saw Jermaine Morin, oh, I'm sorry, Jeremy Morin, walking through yards in the costume. They had received calls about a suspicious person looking into homes. S says Morin ran into a home as officers approached but was discovered hiding. He was just, he was jailed um, on charges including resisting an officer, unauthorized entry, meth possession, and wearing a mask. You can you can get in trouble for wearing a mask. In Louisiana, a person convicted of wearing a mask... Okay, I guess they're going to explain it. A person convicted of wearing, ma- of wearing a mask in public can be sentenced to three years in prison at most. Jesus. 
<laughs> Inception exceptions are allowed for religious purposes or holidays like Halloween and Mardi Gras. So you can't just wear a mask just for the fuck of it. That's kind of stupid. It's unclear if Morin has a lawyer who would comment. So that's the first so that's the first article of that particular episode. Let's get it underway still. Let's move on to the next one. Okay, this next one is two people arrested after buffet brawl over crab legs. Witnesses said diners were using service tongs <laughs> like fencing swords. In Huntsville, Alabama, police say a dispute over crab legs at a dinner buffet ended in a brawl that left two people facing misdemeanor charges. Huntsville police officer Gerald Johnson says he was eating at the Meteor Buffet restaurant when a fight broke out. Johnson tells WHNT-TV the diners were using service tongs like fencing swords and plates were shattering and a woman was beating a man. Johnson says diners have been waiting in line for crab legs for more than 10 minutes and they lost their tempers once the food came out. The station reports Chiquita... <laughs> Chiquita. <laughs> that reminds me, I fucking love that. I love, um, what's his name? The Eric Andre show. I fucking love that show, but that reminds me, it's a Chiquita banana, Chiquita banana, Obama. But, anyways, the station reports Chiquita Jenkins is charged with, that's such a sad name, I'm sorry, was <laughs> is charged with assaulting John Chapman, who suffered a cut on his head. Chapman is charged with disorderly conduct. Court records aren't available to show whether either person has a lawyer. Dang. Them crab legs, I guess. So this next one is um, a man faked his own kidnapping to avoid paying $50,000 Super Bowl bet. A man faked his own abduction and robbery because he couldn't pay the $50,000 he owed in a Super Bowl pool. New York State Police said, the Associated Press reports 60-year-old of Robert Brandle of North Tonawanda, <laughs> Tonawanda, New York, was found tied up in his pickup truck on Monday. State troopers discovered the truck in a parking lot about 30 miles north of Buffalo. Brandle told them that two men involved in his Super Bowl squares pool robbed him of $16,000. <clears> he said the men drove him around for two whole days and then left him tied up in his truck. Investigators later determined Brandled entered some fake names in his $50,000 squares pool for the Super Bowl. His hope was to take home most of the winnings, police said. Instead, Brandle ended up short and owed a huge chunk of money. It seems Brandle dug himself into an even deeper hole by concocting the scheme to fake his one, to fake his one kidnapping. Not only does he owe $50,000 to his Super Bowl pool, but he is now charged with fraud and falsely reporting an incident. It couldn't be determined if he has a lawyer to comment. Dang. Some of these articles are really short, though. I'm kind of breezing through them. But again, thank you for sending me all these articles because you know who's the one fucking sending them to me. It is the man, the myth, the legend himself at Rocky the Collector who's constantly sending me articles and... Is just being an overall awesome fucking dude. He's got that big dick energy. So, you know, go hit him up on fucking Instagram and say, yo, what's up? Strange talk sent me here. So here's the next article that we're getting into. It is a Calgary man killed friend in front of family during a four-day meth binge. 
Umberto Panamino yelled, why are you doing this? And stop, bro. <laughs> His close friend stabbed him to death. Damn. Four days into a crystal meth binge. <laughs> Dibe? It was probably Debbie. Debbie Monteroso Salazar fatally stabbed a close friend in front of his family after pepper spraying his home. No, that can't be Debbie. It's probably Dibe. Dibe, but it's D-E-I-B-I. So it's Dibe? Dibe. Fuck if I know. Originally charged with second-degree murder, Monteroso Salazar pleaded guilty on Friday to manslaughter and assault with a weapon after a plea was negotiated by defense lawyer Adriano Lovinelli and prosecutor Mike Ewinson. Court of Queens Bench Justice David Gates accepted the guilty plea. The crime was detailed in a court document, which was read aloud by Ewinson as part of the guilty plea. Umberto Panamino was killed in November of 2017. He had been living in a basement apartment in the city's southeast when with Salazar, as well as the killer's wife and children at the time. As Panamino was being stabbed, he yelled, Why are you doing this? and begged his friend to stop, bro. The trio was using crystal meth on a daily basis, and in the months leading up to the November 2017 killing, Salazar began acting paranoid, according to the facts of the case. The night before Panamino was killed, the three stayed up all night doing drugs the court heard. This was the fourth or fifth day of a methamphetamine binge for three individuals, reads the agreed statement of facts. Karen Salazar's mother arrived the morning of November 15, 2017 to pick, her up, to pick up her grandchildren for a visit. When she arrived, her daughter, son-in-law, and their friend were arguing. Monteresso, Monte, Monte, oh my god. Anyway, Salazar then took a can of bear spray and sprayed it around the home. Immediately after, while his wife and daughter were suffering the effects of the spray, Salazar stabbed his friend 11 times in the chest and abdomen. The victim tried in vain to fight off his attacker. Salazar's wife and her mother also tried to stop the attack, but Salazar stabbed his wife in the chaos. Jesus. After Salazar left the home, Karen called 911, but Panamino was dead by the time paramedics and police could arrive. Salazar wasn't arrested until the very next day when police found him on a rural property east of the city. A pre-sentence report has been ordered, and the killer is set to be sentenced by Gates later this year. Jesus, can you just fucking imagine, like... I mean, you can't fucking imagine because it's not like, oh, yeah, I, I fucking do meth all the time. I can imagine. But I'm saying, like, it's just fucking crazy that, like, drugs, man. <laughs> drugs are bad, okay? Anyways, here's the next article. And this one's an interesting one, nonetheless. A Tinder-inspired app is helping farmers match up potential partners for their cattle. Called Tutter. Oh, that's such an awesome name. Called Tutter, a mix of dating app Tinder and Utter. Oh, no, duh. It lets farmers swipe right on cattle they like the look of. They are then directed to a page on the Sell My Livestock website where they can browse more pictures and data about the animals before deciding whether to buy. Valuable information is available on matters like milk yield and protein content or calving potential, explained Doug Barner, CEO of the Head to Care Agritech. 
which runs Sell My Livestock, or SML, and Grain Dex, a UK-based online architect trading platform. Matching livestock online is even easier than it is to match humans because there's a huge amount of data that sits behind these wonderful animals that predicts what their offspring will be, he said. Launching just in time for Valentine's Day, the makers believe Tutter is the first ever matchmaking app for livestock. As with the human equivalent, farmers use smartphones to first choose whether they are looking for a male or female. Swiping through photos right for yes and left for no until they find a match. Putting data at their fingertips connects farmers from all over the country, making trading easier. Cattle farmer and Tutter user James Bridger said it's it eases transport stress for animals and may rival traditional markets. You've got all this data of its background and everything, which if you're at a market, you might not have had the time to go through for every single random animal, he told. Rooters in the southern English county of Hampshire. Hampshire. There's nothing better than seeing an animal in its home. Or I'm sorry, let me, let, let me read it the actual way he probably said it. There's nothing better than seeing an animal in its home, its natural habitat, rather than putting it on a lorry. If someone rings up and wants to come and have a look, or even getting in front of, or, or even getting it from the picture, it's ideal really from the res- that respect, and they're happier for it. I imagine he probably sounds like, there's nothing better than seeing an animal in its home, its natural habitat, rather than putting it on its lorry. If someone rings up and wants to come and have a look, or even getting it from the picture, it's ideal really from that respect, and they're happier for it. He's Because pr- he's a farmer out in that good old UK. Sell My Livestock has listed over 50 million euro, $64 million in American money of livestock, feed, and bedding to sell in the last year, dispelling notions that farmers are stuck in the past, Barner said. Despite the rest of the world's view of farming, it's actually very technologically driven, he said, inciting precision spraying, automated dairy units, and genetic science. So see, Tutter... Tutter's bringing people together, well, bring, bringing cows together. So here's the last article of This Week in Crime. <laughs> it sucks because I wish I had more for you guys, but I mean, I do. I just want to spread all the articles that I'm getting out so that way they're not all just clustered fuck into just one episode. But here it is. Vandal's still head of 800-year-old mummy in Ireland. Vandals have broken into a historic church in Dublin and stolen the head of an 800-year-old mummy nicknamed the Crusader. The grim discovery was made by a guide at St. Saint M- Saint Mikan's Church as he was getting ready to open the site to the public, according to the statement from the Church of Ireland. In addition to the Crusader, several other corpses were damaged, including that of a nun dating back to 400 years. They broke open the vault, it's a big heavy steel door, and broke open one of the coffins. Arcadian of Dublin, David Pyrepoint, told the Irish Times. Parts of the contents of the coffin have been dragged out. The Arcadian added, These are people who have been lying at rest for years and years, and to have them desecrated in such a sacrilegious way is so distressing and disturbing. I can't put it in words. I'm quite disgusted. In the church statement, Pyrepoint had a request for the vandals 
I would appeal to those responsible to examine their consequences and return the head of the crusader to its rightful place. Oh, saints preserve us. The church, which was founded in 1095, is home to five crypts housing the mummified corpses of prominent Dubliners, many dating from about 1600 to 1800. It's a significant tourist draw with some 27,000 visitors annually. The site tours have been canceled for now, the broadcaster reported. Firepoint told RTE that because the vandals broke open the vault, they're worried that the open air conditions will further damage the mummies. Ireland's police service and Garda Sichana, I know I'm totally fucking butchering that shit, is investigating the incident. This isn't the first time the collection of mummies at St. Mikens has been hit by vandals. In 1996, intruders damaged dozens of corpses. <laughs> the thieves removed some 40 mummies from their coffins and made piles of their bones. Firepoint remembered a chilling detail in an interview with the Times. They dragged them up onto the ground and seemed to be playing football with their heads. Holy fuck. Thankfully, at the time, the guards did their jobs extremely well and they caught the perpetrators. Hopefully they can catch these ones who stole. Yeah, unless those were the same people that they were talking about that stole them. So unfortunately, as much as I don't want to, this is the end of this week in crime. It's a little short one, I know. But, you know, that's the point of this. is just to be a short and sweet to the point and get all the nasty little gushy stuff of the, of the world of the articles that are coming out. So if you have an interesting article, you know... Why not send it my way by either Strange Talk Podcast on Instagram or by way of email at strangetalkpodcast at outlook.com. So thank you again for joining me on This Week in Crime. I will try my best. I will try my fucking best to get the Kills and Chills episode. I'm going to see that hopefully maybe if I do like a data recovery and back up to a previous point, I might have those files and hopefully they are uncorrupted. I'm just going to try to see what I can do to try to get those, to get at least my audio. Because I do have their audio backed up because when I record, usually when I do stuff with other people, like my other podcast, which is Talk Nerdy to Me, which we haven't done in quite a fucking long time. Because <laughs> we never have time to actually get together and do it. But I usually record on a different program with that, and so it automatically saves it. But because I was recording with them and then I, I recorded my audio on a different end i wasn't able to back up my file my audio so yeah i mean what are you gonna do what are you gonna do but hopefully you guys enjoyed this nonetheless and, the, and you enjoyed my <laughs> my fucking pathetic attempt at doing an irish accent and my british accent i guess so uh thank you again for joining me on strange talk podcast strange talk podcast is a weekly podcast dedicated to all things strange and conspiracy theories are thrown in sprinkled throughout sometimes so we'll see what the next episode monday's episode and hopefully dassey doesn't want to take a fucking shit on it again and hopefully i'll have that for you guys again so thank you again and stay fucking strange peace